legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Wrestling Bass Podcast. Bang, bang! You know, girls, why don't you give it to them one more time? Woo! That's who's standing here today. Hold one, Andre. Hold two, Armbar. This is Rep Screw Rep. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. All three, the moss-covered, three-handled family redundzel. From the top to the bottom, because they can't handle it. in the world best podcast in the world the wrestling map podcast you heard them bang bang baby we're taking over and we're hitting it hard hitting it fast tonight is the night today is a day we are talking best in the world we are talking cm punk and when i booked this show i said i gotta hit my guys up i gotta hit the main event of the wrestling map podcast the main event baby you hear the guitar riff oh you hear the bagpipes Joey Wright, what's up, my man? What is up, Maddie? Uh, listen, I am here to talk tonight about CM Punk. If you want to hear me say good things about WWE, you're just going to have to be a little patient. Ooh, a little patient. Patience is key. Cold beers on ice. Oh, yeah, macho men's in the back. I saw him hanging out with Dan Turner. Who's Dan Turner? I'm freaking out, man, because this guy is legit. Oh, pumped and circumstance. Dan, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm really excited to uh, join you here, talk some talk some wrestling. That was, that was picture-perfect macho man, by the way. That was exceptional. Hey, he's hanging out in the back with you, brother. I'm just here to enjoy the pot. But we're talking punk, baby. We're talking past, present, and future. Joey, baby, this is your guy. This is your bell of the ball. This is CM Punk, seven years removed. Friday was the night. AEW, the surprise that fell in Chicago. Walk me through your emotion. You are Mr. Social Media on this day. This was like Christmas Eve for you. So fill me in on the the, the emotion that was in front of you here, buddy. So I was extremely, extremely excited. Um, I mean, it's pretty well known, like how much I love AEW. And this felt like, I mean, a seismic shift for them. Like, you know, what the Bucks and Cody and Omega did and with Tony Khan to, to build it, that's amazing. And getting Jericho, that's great. Aleister Black, great. But bringing in CM Punk is a whole other level. It, it's something that, you know, hardcore wrestling fans have been clamoring for. I mean, for seven years, if you watch a WWE show, you're going to hear the CM Punk chants, especially when they're in Chicago. So the fact that they bring them back in Chicago, you know, we find out now that it's been a couple years in the making. Um, I was pumped. I was jumping up and down in my living room. Um, I woke the kids up, which I did a few weeks ago with something else. What was it? I woke the kids up. Um, I, once again, me just waking my family up. But no, I was pumped. Um, 
The promo was incredible. The free ice cream bars that he gave out at the end. I mean, just everything about it. It it felt like a moment. It really did. Dan, fill me in on this because you're new to the Wrestling Map podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell us kind of your and kind of your nerves, your feelings, seeing him transition over to AEW. Well, I mean, I was hyped. Just listening to, to Joey talk about it all day. <laughs> it, it hyped me up, but like, you know, and I made a joke about it, but like I, I did, and, and Tony kind of tweeted about it. Like he wasn't going to disappoint the fans. Like everyone expected Punk to be there, like in Chicago, and it wasn't going to be one of those things where, you know, the, they hyped up his return and then you know they they pulled a fast one like like someone else, like some other people might have done. Just the fact, like you know, they started to show off, and boom, he was like right there, just to, just to kick it off, was absolutely like incredible. I agree. I haven't, you know, had those feelings about wrestling like that that kind of hype in in like decades. Like it's been that long. So the fact that they, you know, they they hyped it up perfectly and they delivered exactly what they promised was was fantastic, honestly. And, and his promo was great. You know, having you know Darby and, and Sting in the Raptors, like just just think about it. Like having having CM Punk talk talk to Sting and Darby Allen in 2021 in AEW was just it's just crazy. Like to me, it's just like it's like it's kind of like full circle on almost. But it was Absolutely. It, it, it was incredible. It was an incredible yeah. moment. Joey like. You know, hit the nail on the head. Like it's something we're always going to remember. You know, the 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 fan reaction could have broken some Guinness World Records. It's just they they, they planned it and executed it perfectly. And that's something that we haven't seen in wrestling in a long, long time. You yeah, hear absolutely. the chant. You hear the AEW chant. This thing's taken over, guys. But before we know, we know this is the summer of CM Punk. We see Darby Allen. We'll get to that in a second. But let's rewind the tape. And let's talk the starting, the foundation that was built, what, early 2000s. Joey, for anybody that hasn't seen Punk in WWE, hasn't seen him in AAW, because there are guys that weren't watching wrestling in 2003, 2005, kind of fill in people on Punk's run before he hit big time. So, yeah, my first exposure to Punk was around that 2003, 2004 time. Um, And I actually read about a match that him and Samoa Joe had in Ring of Honor and a pro wrestling illustrated. And I was like, well, I'm going to check that out. Cause they're saying it's great. And that really was a moment for me where I shifted away from, you know, the big product that was on television, which I was starting to get a little, like became kind of a chore to watch. Um, I was enjoying it, but you know, it really showed me a different Avenue with the Indies and stuff and ring of honor. It's not necessarily an indie, but at the time it really kind of did feel like one. Um, I mean, 2005 ring of honor, you had Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Brian Danielson, now Cesaro, Roderick Strong, uh, Kevin Owens, who's Kevin Steen, and uh, El Generico, which was Sami Zayn. Um, Crazy. So you, you had this incredible roster at a very, very fresh point in their careers. I mean, especially with you know Kevin and Sammy when they were really just starting out. Um, but you know the American Dragon with you know Brian Danielson, he was really becoming established and he came up right after punk but so yeah my first exposure to punk really was that beginning of the ring of honor stuff um ring of honor man this is something it almost seems like it was its own developmental system before developmental was really around dan do you remember the early days of punk because we he gets kind of put on the ecw brand Walk me through your early like punk experiences. Were you following him in Ring of Honor? Was your first glimpse like me where it was WWE? Or what did you, 
you know, what, what do you, what is your first punk experience? Yeah. Well, I, I had heard about him uh, around 2005. I wasn't uh, watching ROH uh, that much back, back then. Uh, my first like actual, uh, like when I first saw him was, was when he uh, debuted in, uh, in ECW. And I think, you know, ECW as a whole, uh, like 06 or whatever it was, you know, it was like the light version of what ECW was supposed to be. So it wasn't, you know, as popular as it could have been. But I think that, you know, he definitely was one of the guys that, that stood out from, uh, from that brand. You know, he, he came in, he didn't like lose a match in a couple of months, uh, right from, right from the beginning, you know, he had that, uh, that, like the, that, um, what's it called? The, the ECW originals, he had that, you know, that couple month thing with them. So it was, it was, it was, it was good, I think, but I think he really, uh, he turned it up when, when he, uh, when he left ECW and went over to, to Raw in the, in the main roster. It's Dream Championship Wrestling. That's good shit. Joey, how hot were you on ECW with CM Punk? Um, so I I had knowledge of who he was beforehand, and I know he cut that straight, like I'm straight edge promo beforehand. And I honestly got scared when I saw that promo, which became a huge part of him. Um, but I mean he talked about that a lot in Ring of Honor as well. But I was like, man, I hope they're not pushing him in a direction too far with this. Um, and then I do remember his de- TV debut when he was against Justin Credible and how over that crowd was in Hammerson Ballroom for him. Um, and you can see it on his face. Like he's like, okay, this is something a little different where they're chanting someone's name the moment that they're in the ring, similar to, you know, when Adam Cole showed up at NXT and, you know, you, Adam Cole's like, I didn't know what they were going to think of me. And then they're screwed, you know, chanting the Adam Cole baby immediately, the whole arena. Um, So, you know, with somebody like CM Punk, where we've seen how emotional there's the video out there, you can see how emotional he was to leave Ring of Honor. And he brought it up in the promo uh, last Friday night. You know, when he leaves that he's crying and he comes, there has to be that bit of him that's unsure. And then to have them chanting his name on night one, that's really cool. Well, let's let's talk WWE then, because we see the ECW, we see him evolve, kind of. You see him put in that Survivor Series match. I think it was like 06, 07 in Chicago, and the crowd's going nuts. They're cheering him over, you know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the Hardys. Just he's he's getting that main event feel. He wins some titles, you know, on SmackDown, Straight Edge Society. We get a lot of a lot of push, but it just till the pipe bomb. It just doesn't really, I wouldn't say WWE almost disrespects this guy. So what's going on here? Why is WWE do such a disservice with somebody who's quote unquote the best in the world? Joey, fill me in. This is your guy. What was wrong in WWE that made this just not a good fit? Uh, If you look at the prototypical uh, WWE wrestler, uh, it's not CM Punk. It wasn't Rowdy Piper. It wasn't, um, you know, insert names. You know, the recently Alistair Black. Even look at Adam Cole. He's not a prototypical WWE guy. And to break through that ceiling, I mean, Daniel Bryan. I mean, WrestleMania 30 is one of the hugest moments in WWE history. It took him forever to get to that point. Right. If anything, it took Punk leaving the company. Had a huge part of him getting to that point. Where we lost this guy. We don't want to lose this guy. It's just, he's a smaller guy. He's not big. 
Um, Just disrespected. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk pipe bomb, Dan, because he got disrespected. He's winning titles, but he's just not getting that main event push. It's like they're stuck in Shawn Michaels Triple H mode, which is a great mode to be stuck in. But you also have to build other superstars. So we finally get to the pipe bomb. Walk me through this, Dan, because this is one of those moments in wrestling. I want to get you and Joey's experience and I'll give mine. Tell me about the pipe bomb, man, and how that affected you, your thoughts going into this or seeing this. Because this is a stone-cold shirt, bringing up ice cream bars, breaking code, breaking the third wall, everything. So talk me through your uh, experience on this one. Well, I think leading up to it, it was like when his contract was about to expire and he was going to uh, wrestle at Money in the Bank for the uh, for the championship. And, you know, that was that whole thing. And then, you know, the pipe bomb itself was – it was so – unique because you know, it's no it's no secret that that the people that run wwe uh, have a, a firm grip on what can be said and done on air so the fact that he let they let him you know go on about like what he said during the pipe bomb was was shocking to to the everyday like you know wwe fan and i think that was the moment like he's always been a, a great person on the mic and and there hasn't been that many great mic people uh, around that time in WWE that, you know, weren't, you know, older. So the fact that they let him do that and, and he, he ended up, you know, we all know what happened. He went to Chicago money in the bank and won the title and, you know, left through the crowd. Like that, all that, you know, that whole summer was just, you, you really could tell that he, he had ascended to that, that top spot with, 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 with the pipe bomb and everything that came after it. Huge. That's all I can, I'm going to say more, but Joey, I want to hear your feeling because this is your guy. Talk me through the pipe bomb. This is years before what we just experienced Friday. Tell me like, were you in shock that this finally happened or what, it, what were you thinking here? So I was really in and out at this point with WD. I wasn't really watching a whole other product, but I always kind of did keep tabs on punk. And I will say this is like in hindsight, one of my most cherished non in ring wrestling moments. Um, it was everything myself and a lot of people were saying about the WDB product. Um, we're tired, we're fed up and we hit the exact perfect moment for him to say this. And like Dan was saying, I was shocked that they let him say the things he said. Um, it was somehow both before it's time, but also relevant. Um, and I still go back to watch the entrances in Chicago with like one of the greatest pops ever when punk comes out um, in contrast to when Cena comes out and the chorus of booze. And one of the things I love about the pipe bomb is that he said he likes John Cena. And, and that was the moment that like where he waved to the camera and said, I'm breaking the fourth wall. That was the moment he broke the wall for me when he's like, listen, I like you, John. I really do. I, it's not that I don't. Um, that's when it really hit another level for me where I'm like, okay, he's now talking like we're talking. And we didn't really get that before then. I mean, there was the the ECW of like the late 90s that we got a lot of real stuff. And maybe it was till that point till we had something that felt so organic and so in like in tune with what everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people were saying. Absolutely. And my biggest takeaway from this was 
WWE's crowd would chant one thing and WWE would give us another. It was nonstop during this time frame, and it pissed everybody off, but we didn't have an AEW. We didn't have a wrestling organization. I think TNA was kind of not on this level by then, but this was all we were watching, man. So to me, I'm, I wasn't a punk fan. I never, he just didn't click with me there. I'm a big body guy. I like the whole Kogan brother saying your prayers. I like big daddy. Cool. So I was a more of a, a giant, but seeing punk rip ass on this promo reminded me of Austin's three sixteen. Like I can't think of a promo other than Austin and the pipe bomb in wrestling history, probably of all time. That's better than that. I mean, we could go Macho Man promos for days, but to to affect the company, affect wrestling history like these two did, mad props to this guy. And that's why he's been stuck in that Austin tier, in my opinion. So let's feed off of this because we see that. We see him get this push. We see world title. We see he gets to play the storyline. His contract's expiring. He wins that money in the bank. He walks out next couple weeks cult of personality something else just all this style all this flavor that to me as a wrestling fan i wanted kept the storyline going year worth as a title holder these big time matchups with brock lesnar the undertaker paul Heyman as a kick and it all comes to a tragic end because of the from what i understand some of the workings of the company some of the Triple H things, things like this. So what was the backstage? Does anybody know the insider info of the backstage beef with CM Punk and WWE? Why this kind of fairy tale ended? Anybody? You well, back in, I, don't. I think it was January of 2014. Where mm-hmm. Punk gotten fed up and I walked out a bit because right. He, well, so I remember he, it was Triple H versus CM Punk was right. the plan for WrestleMania, yeah. correct? Oh, we're getting into that now. Okay, yeah. Well, I know that's what I'm that. asking because something okay. happened here that just he was so much on fire, and then everything kind of pivoted to I guess Daniel Bryan, and then CM Punk was stuck with Triple H. So what was because this was what I think his last pay-per-view was Royal Rumble, if I'm correct. And then yeah, he just kind of leaves the company. He left the night after Royal Rumble. He walked out. He was yeah. sick. Um, he didn't know that at the time. He knew that he was sick. He knew that something was not right. Um, and then he went and got a second opinion from a doctor and found out he had been wrestling with a staph infection for three months. And the doctor wow. said to him, you should be dead right now um, for letting this go on so long. Um, and then Punk had it the doctor drain it or whatever the terminology is for draining it um, and said it was the worst pain of his life. But then he was finally able to sleep for the first time after that happened. He went into all this on the Cole Cabana podcast um, where he really, it's a two part podcast. If you've never listened to it, you know, their relationships falling apart, but hopefully them being back at AEW gets back together. Um, but it's, it's quite an eye opening experience and to listen to, you know, the last probably, year of punk at the company and how he was fed up where he wanted that main event with the rock and he didn't get it. He wanted that mania main event. He never got it. Um, you know, it's an opinion of some people that, you know, Taker streak should have gone on forever. I think punk, if you were going to give it to anyone, they should have given it to punk. They give it to Lesnar a year later. Okay. They ended up kind of making that work, but in the moment 
I remember watching that WrestleMania and being like, they should have done this the year before. Like it just, it would have meant more. It would have done more for punk. Um, but that's speaking as a punk fan. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can dig it though, because this is a guy who has literally just got to the top of the card. In my opinion, he was on, he was other than Daniel Bryan. There wasn't a guy more over in the crowd. You could have, fed off this guy for years and it's just over it's just done it's like they moved on they want you know eventually they move on to roman reigns they keep going with cena so they do their style which i get Mm -hmm. but the disrespect they do to these these cm punks these daniel bryans and to me it's just crazy and they fired him on the day of his wedding the morning of his wedding wb sent his termination papers to him that morning i mean they carried it on for seven months, making making money off of his name. Why he just sat back and was quiet and waited for, I believe his contract had expired, but they thought he was going to come back because where else are you going to go? You know, right. Myself, I was really starting to get into New Japan and Bullet Club had just come around about three months after Punk left. And so it felt like the natural progression of how things are going to go. CM Punk fits him with the Bullet Club so well, that's where he's going to, but it just never ended up happening. I think it's because he lost his love of professional wrestling. I really do. Well, and that's is that what happened here? Because we see him leave WWE and it's 2021 now. We have to had to wait seven years to see him see him punk again. Was that was it just his love of wrestling? Because we see him do MMA, we see him do other things. Yeah, and I, we see him what brief appearances on WWE as like a play by play or whatever, whatever that was called. What was it what was the holdup here? And that was on the Fox network. And that's why he agreed to do it. Yeah. Was it was to see if there was ever, yeah. If, yeah. if he could find some love again. Um, but you know, through that time, he teased a lot of going to Japan. He would post a picture of Japan or something and he always kind of kept the taste in the mouth, but I think he really did want to try the MMA thing out. He really wanted to try the UFC out and you know what? People will crap on him for doing it, but hell, he put in the work, he put in the training, he tried. It didn't work out for him, but, you know, I have all the respect in the world because I'm not going to get my face hit, you know. It probably <laughs> looks like it's been hit a few times, but no. Before, I mean, we, I... <laughs> before we pivot to AEW, let me just ask you, we just had SummerSlam. Guess who's back? Brock Lesnar with the ponytail looking like an onion. And then we have Becky Lynch. Was this kind of their, you think this had to do with just trying to counterbalance the CM Punk thing? What was it? it, To me, it seemed like it was rushed. It wasn't a good storytelling moment here. Hit me, Joey. Lesnar comes back. This is a different style from him. To me, this looks like your good guy, Lesnar, I guess. It just, it didn't fit for me. And then I didn't really see this being the spot for Becky Lynch. What are your thoughts on this? I felt like the Lesnar thing was, it felt like, okay, this is what's going to happen next. So that didn't feel as off for me. But when, you know, nobody still knows why Sasha's out. Um, and I'm not going to speculate on why she's out, but, um, when Becky showed up, that was like, ah, yes. Now you're trying to try to get a bigger buzz than the other company this week. But that's, what's weird is I, I have never really seen AEW as the competition. It's always been the alternative for me. And even when it was first coming up. So the fact that they brought Becky Lynch, in as quick as they did because she wasn't supposed to come back till October, you know, just after having the baby. 
it's kind of starting to tip their hand that maybe they are a little worried. I just, I, I keep saying I'm confused because they are, I don't know what they're doing financially. So I, I see all these moves and I see AEW's like the Jerry Jones of the 90s, the Dallas Cowboys, where they're just signing free agents. They're paying up. They're WCW, excuse me, not the Cowboys. And they're just acquiring talent because they have the wealth. To me, what is WWE doing? Like what's stopping them from locking up new talent, bringing in these you know, is it just their style where they just want these big bodied superstars and they don't care about anybody in mid card, anybody up and coming? What's what's the problem with WWE, Dan? Is it something I'm missing here? Like, what is I think, their... I think it is. The, I think it is. I, honestly, it's Vince. Vince is the problem because they, they it's not like they haven't, you know, NXT was was huge for a while. They brought a bunch of, you know, really, really good independent talent in. Then they thrived in NXT, and then as soon as they got brought up in the main roster, you never heard of like ninety percent of them again. They wasted and squandered so much, so many pushes and, and so much talent, and then they like, and then a year later they're gone. So like, what was the point really? I, I think that the, the Becky Lynch thing was was a direct result from from Punk. I think that they spent a year um, building up her opponent, and then she loses in like twenty seconds. So then all that year thing was a waste. And it's gone. So it just it just doesn't seem like they have a and they haven't had a, a, a cohesive like long term plan in, in a while. I mean, yeah, it, it's great that Lesnar's been brought back, but this is like what the fifth SummerSlam that he's been brought back as a right like, surprise. Like, come on, like we don't. It's not, the, it's not that we don't care. It's just that it's just old. There's no intrigue. There's, there's yeah, nothing there's, there's new. No fresh ideas. Go right ahead, now. Joey. And, you oh, you hit on something there, Dan. Where you know I think this is a common problem. To, WDB for a while and that's the long-term storytelling um they seem very quick to abandon something if it's not working and you look at one of the best storylines WWE has had in the last I'm gonna say 10 years happened in their developmental product with Gargano and Ciampa like absolutely the story that they told over I think it was a 14-month period from the tag team breaking up to them both winning the championships to reunite like that is long-term storytelling and booking. And I do think like we're probably going to say some not nice things about triple H since it's a CM Punk podcast. <laughs> but I do think that's one thing triple H has tapped into is how to tell a story uh, over a, a longer period. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you hit on that and I was like, ah, I want to. Yeah, absolutely. Even like with, with, with NXT with like, with uh, like undisputed era and, and all that. And then like the Gargano and, and Ciampa thing was literally like the best storyline they've had since the nineties, I'd say. And, it, and having those great storylines, it just highlights the difference. Like you can see these great storylines in NXT, but then as soon as you get to the main roster, nothing happens with them. Like you had Alistair Black who was huge now in NXT. He was like the main guy. And then he gets to the main roster and they do nothing with him. And now he's gone. So like I mean, you, put actually, this, you put all this time and, and money into signing these guys and then, you know, building up a following and then you squander it. And it's happened repeatedly over and over again. It's not like this is a new thing. So it's just. And like, it's and like crazy how NXT is a better product over round overall, like for having these developmental talents that are hungry, that are, it's not the same, but it's a good because we're not, we're tired of seeing WWE's stale product. So 
I'm right there with you guys. Guys, let's go more AEW now. We've seen WWE's falling apart. They're not keeping my interest, your interest. We've moved on to AEW. This baby, oh, daddy, Joey, my boy. This is the summer of CM Punk. This is the summer and maybe the future of AEW. We just had another AEW episode. Dude. Look at this matchup, baby. Darby Allen versus CM Punk. Something fresh right off the gate. Let's hear it. Thoughts, Joey? I think it's the perfect matchup to bring him into. Um, I'm so glad they didn't throw him straight to Omega or straight to Moxley. Like, because they would have just been like, really? But the fact that he wants to come in and work for Darby, because I mean the parallels are endless between the two. Um, it 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 got me so excited. Um, and the fact that, you know, when Punk's cutting that first promo, the first name he mentions is Britt Baker. I think he understands what's going on here. I think he understands his role is to help these talents, uh, these younger guys get over. Uh, and I'm excited. I, I think they're kind of a great match. And I don't, you know, as if I'm, I think we're doing the all out preview a week from Saturday. Uh, yep. And I don't think it's, it'll be a surprise when Punk goes over, but I don't think that's the point of this. And yeah, you know what? Hell, he might put Darby over because Punk's so freaking awesome. I don't know. But, and that's what's cool about this. Um, I, I think it's the perfect match to start him with. Um, that's right, guys. All out. We're doing a preview a week from today. I believe it's going to probably drop next weekend. Get excited. Get ready. It is AEW. Kind of ECW talk, but not really. Uh, Day and the Man. AEW, like I said, it's on fire. Thoughts on this matchup? Is this the perfect way to elevate a guy like Darby Allen, put him against Punk, let him test his wrestling skills? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, even before Punk got there, and you know, Darby was doing really well for himself. And, and to have, you know, Punk in his, in his first promo with the company come in and, and, you know, call him out and say, you know, you haven't really, you know, wrestle until you wrestled me it just it's just great it's a great setup i mean it was so simple and yet so effective and now everyone's you know talking about it and it's going to be a great matchup and it's you know it's, it's good because it doesn't really matter who wins or loses i think both of them are going to be okay either way and it, it's just going to elevate you know darby to a like this the, this next tier and then the the potential like he was talking about the, the potential matchups that he could do while in AEW or is is fantastic especially if, if Brown Danielson shows up as well. All right. Well, let's, let's cut, let's, let's play future fortune teller. Miss Cleo. Oh, Joey. I see the look in your eyes. I'm talking future product. Everybody's fiending for some Brian Danielson. What is the AEW matchup you're looking forward to the most in the future with CM Punk? So I, I, I put down three little matchups in, in my mind that I really if I'm going to see him come out with anything, this is what I want to see. Um, I, I would like to see a proper Omega feud. Um, no, I don't want him to take the title off of him. I, I really think that is for hangman. And I really hope they don't change that because I feel like that was the plan. And with this Christian at all out, it felt like this was hangman's moment. Maybe they're going to push it to full throttle or full gear. Um, we'll see, but I would like to see him and Omega go just to, you know, to see that um, if Brian comes in, I think there's a cool program with the Bucks. I really do. Um, to to get those two guys in the ring with the Bucks, um, you know, I was at uh, Honor. Was it? Uh, it was Ring of Honor 
uh, WrestleMania 33 weekend where I watched the Bucks and the Hardys go in a ladder match. And it was the best wrestling match I've ever personally seen live. Um, and, you know, the Bucks are three years older now. But to see them get in with, you know, with Danielson and Punk, there could be something really cool there. And the promos alone would be um, just a, a quick sidebar. Chicken shit heel, uh, chicken shit heel. Young Bucks is the best Young Bucks. Uh, what they're doing right now, it's just so skeezy with the Jordan ones. Is just I'm <laughs> get me a big bowl of it and spoon feed it to me because I'm loving every second of it. Uh, but the one match that I want the most, um, there is a working relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, with AEW. Even if they say there's not, there is. Um, I want to see a battle of the GTSs with Kenta. Uh, Kenta was coming in right as Punk was leaving, and it was two ships passing in the night. Um, where you know, Kenta Hideo Tommy was at NXT, and I'm like, th- they, they're gonna have to do Punk and him one day, they just have to do it. Um, and now the stage is set, and Kenta is you know, the sun is kind of setting on his career, it sounds like. Um, I that is the one match that if Punk's coming back, that I want more than anything. You know, I'm sure he's going to work with Jungle Boy um, and whatnot, and that'll be great to see. But those three matches would be really cool. Dan, hit me with it. Who's your AEW guy? I think I think Joey pretty much nailed it. Ahead. I think we all want to see the uh, the Omega program with him and Punk and and with uh, with and New Japan. Like, there's so many New Japan guys that want him to to wrestle. Like him and and I'm and to go kind of back to the WWE point, I'm. If the match with Kenta happens, I'm happy that it's happening here instead of in WWE because I think it's so much more creative freedom for both of them. It's going to be such a higher quality match than we would have gotten even if they had wrestled in, in WWE. So I think that and, and to to go along with with in that New Japan track, I want to see him wrestle Osprey so mm. badly that I would literally cry in the fetal position if that happened. <laughs> I think. I think him and him and Osprey would be fantastic. Like the the that's that's the one thing that I I, I hope happens before he hangs it up for good. All right, I got one more question. AEW CM Punk as a heel or face, Stan. What do you want? Heel. Joey. Yeah, get get. Give me some heel promos, please. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I pitched a, I pitched a whole storyline where him and Brian come in as like a new outsiders kind of thing where they bring in Mox and Cody as well to say, listen, we're the revolution. Kenny and the Bucks are not that I think would be really cool. But listen, unless Tony Khan's going to put me on the payroll, um, I don't think that's happening. But, you know, I heel punk is the best punk. There's some people that are just better as faces. Um you know, Brian, I think he's a great face. He's a good heel, but I mean, he's, he's such a good face. I love it. I love, yeah. I love how you guys said Omega because this is a guy like I'm drawn to. I just love his swagger. I love his wrestling. This is, this is a guy I tune in to watch. I think him and CM Punk, him and just endless opportunities. That's what we have in AEW is all these matchups, all these yum yums, all these good, good. Let's talk dream though. We past, present, future, dream matches. Joey, I'm going to go to you first. What is your matchup? If you had to pick one CM Punk match, where would you like to see? Throughout all of history, I'll stick with my Kenta answer, but I'm going to give you another match because that's not good content. Um, Man, anyone in history 
I would like to see the verbal jabs, and I said I'd find a way to bring them up, uh, between Punk and Piper. Uh, it would just, from a promo standpoint, it would be an incredible feud. I'm going to leave the wrestling match one that I'd like to see off the board because I feel like Dan will take that one. Um, the pressure. <laughs> but no, I mean, Punk and Piper going at each other on the mics. I I can't imagine anything better. Um, I mean, Punk, in a sense, in a lot of ways, is Piper 2.0 as far as mic work goes. Without Piper, there's probably not a Punk as far as the mics go. And, um, I like it. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, if the other one I'm thinking of is not mentioned, I'll mention that. But I'm Piper's sure pit. All the character building, like, dude, this would be entertaining as fuck. Dan, hit me with yours, man, because you could go any route here. You could talk, you know, Doink the Clown. You could talk Goldust. You could talk Kenny Omega. Who is your matchup? Probably not Doink the Clown. No, not the. Um, God, there's so many. I would really love to see him with 1997 Jericho. Ooh. That would be, I think, Jericho at his absolute prime would be incredible to watch. I can dig it. So we got Jericho, we got Piper. Where am I going with this? What do I want to do? Do I want to go promos? Do I want to go just the easy one that everybody's looking at? I'm, I'm going to go with something kind of off the radar. I don't know why I'm doing this, but it just, I think I'd enjoy it. I'm going to go Bret Hart versus CM Punk. I want to see 97 Bret Hart just mad at the world. Pro kind of, I guess this is kind of almost pivoting to Stone Cold's role. It's funny how it works that I, ah, oh God, I'm getting caught up. That's, that's territory I don't like. So this is Bret Hart versus the, you know, the anti-American versus CM Punk, you know, the face. So this would be right up my alley. And I'd love to see the wrestling match because I am still a fan of Bret Hart's in-ring work, no matter how much he's a whiny bitch, which is probably my Bret, favorite Bret Hart as a wrestler. So <laughs> this is the one I want to see. Any honorable mentions, Joey, something I didn't bring up? I mean, there was a video game that came out a little while back where WD brought in two people. They were on CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin to talk about the game. And the two of them basically cut the WrestleMania promo on each other. Like, this is going to happen. Um, if you've never seen the video, I mean, it's literally a promo for a video game, but you can see both Punk and Austin realizing, oh, this is something here. And they start really feeding off of each other. Um, and it's something I think we were deprived of in a way. Um, it, now, health reasons, we never got it, and I understand why, but, you know, make, I can make a fantasy match. That's what I want to see. Gosh dang it, Joey Wright's been drinking one too many beers tonight. <laughs> Let's go, Dan, because you told me pre-show, we heard you come out pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Tell me about this honorable mention of the Macho Man and the Punk. Just yeah, just like like coked up Macho Man and CM Punk promos would be legendary. <laughs> it would be I could literally just spend a pay per view just watching them talk. That's how awesome I think it would be. And and the the in ring you know matchup would be fantastic as well. I think that 
that Macho Man does, sometimes doesn't get the credit I think he deserves for being uh, as good of a wrestler as he was. So I, I think that the, the whole package, that would, that would be amazing to, to see in, in, in both their primes. Oh yeah, not going to put too much Macho Man on the plate today. Um, real quick, I'm not going to go dream match because I already had a dream. It was working right after the pipe bomb, right after the world championship. I'm working on the beach. I open the car door. It's CM Punk. That was probably my biggest mark out moment from meeting all sorts of celebrities, from meeting, you know, Matthew Stafford getting hit on by John Travolta, to meeting CM Punk and that neck tat. I opened the door and I fucking started shaking. Like, this was the biggest moment of my, I guess, business career. So, Punk's, dude, Punk. When he's on, he's on. And even when he's not on, he, they call him the best in the world moniker for a reason. Joey, Dan, we just knocked it out of the park. All things CM Punk. We could go for another two hours. We could have a couple Iron Man matches, but there's more meat on the bone. There's more story to be told. We are hitting up AEW next week. Guys, let's get out of here. Dan, where can they find you if they want more of the madness that is Dan Turner? Uh, so right now I'm working uh, over at uh, at Champions Round. It's uh, it's kind of like a it's a micro fantasy app. It's a it's a startup. It's pretty cool. It's basically like DOF, D, uh, DFS. Sorry, uh, over like a six week period. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm actually a uh, new article just came out this week, and I'm, another one's coming out tomorrow. So check it out. I thought you were going DOA like disciple, <laughs> disciples of apocalypse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All this dark. <laughs> I've been working on the bikers with the with the with Medusa baby. Um at Dan Turner FF guys, if you need football content, you want more wrestling yum yums, hit him up. He is always on point and in the zone. But last but not least, the birthday bitch, Joey Wright, the man, the myth, the legend, the biggest signing to the wrestling map podcast. And now he's on Sports Me, talking up those wrestling yum-yums. Joey, fill us in. Everybody's got a, a bone to pick, and everybody wants a piece of Mr. Joey Wright. Where can they find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, at the Joey Wright. Uh, my fantasy football content is up at Razzball. That's I'm the one of the writers over there and analysts. Um, my rankings are on Fantasy Pros, and Maddie alluded to it. Uh, I am on the team of Sports Me now, so hop over, download that app, Get in there, get in some battles with me. I'm really nice though. Like I'm not going to argue with you unless you like you're a Manchester United fan or something. Then I'll then I'll probably go at you. But uh, no, I mean having a blast, loving my my place in the space, ready for the season to start, uh, ready for all out. Oh my god, am I ready for all out? Uh, we see Omega and Christian go and the Bucks, and I'm hoping Lucha. What do you guys think? Are you putting Lucha Drag? Uh, not Lucha Dragons. Oh god, I don't want that. Uh, Lucha <laughs> Brothers um, in the steel cage with the Bucks. You guys hoping for that, or you want yeah, Jungle Boy? And I, I want, I want the Witcher Brothers. Yeah, yeah, more excitement there. Yeah, um, I said Steel Cage. That's what I was like. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what I want. But yeah. we'll talk about that next week. Dude, we're so close to more AEW yums, guys. As we're pivoting to the summer, we're going to bring you these superstars. We're going to bring you different little things to kind of switch it up, make it more interesting. I am Hollywood Hogan. No, I'm not. I am Maddie Daddy FF on Twitter. Football, wrestling, anything and everything. I'm your boy. Let's get out of here, guys. Wrestling Matt Podcast. Leave a review, a rating, subscribe. The whole freaking show. Do it all, guys. Till next time, it's been a pleasure, my treasure.
Personality, the cult of personality. 